I'm speaking with Michael Klein, Vice President of Marketing, Communications, and Domestic Promotion for the USA Rice Federation. Uh, let's talk in particular today from your perspective about uh, consumption and marketing of the crop. Uh, let's talk domestically, first of all. Rice, as we know, we've been speaking for years and years about uh, the nutritional benefits of the grain and how it's growing in popularity, but uh, what type of consumption are we seeing domestically? Well, domestic consumption actually is a little bit flat. Uh, we're about 26, 27 pounds per person in the U.S., which is um, low when you consider places in Asia where they're over 100 or maybe 300 pounds per person. So uh, it could certainly be higher. What we are seeing is that uh, we're seeing rice being used in um, other products as a co-product in things like um, gluten-free flour, rice flour, and these kinds of things. So with a rise in an interest in gluten-free products, that is something that rice is able to capitalize on. And, And again, just kind of expound on that just for a moment. People are becoming more health conscious. And so it can compete, I would like to think, nutritionally uh, against other starches. Absolutely. Rice is certainly is a healthy option, and people know that. And we, that's one of the messages that we talk to folks about, uh, the, whether it's a whole grain designation on brown rice or uh, the fact that rice is fortified here in the U.S. Uh, so it, it definitely is part of a healthy diet. We know from some of the nutrition research that we have funded um, that the people who eat rice have a healthier diet. They have a smaller waistline. They eat more in lines with the dietary guidelines of Americans. And these are all points that we drive home with the federal government when we're talking with them to make sure that rice stays, U.S. grown rice stays in those feeding programs. Very good. We know that trade, though, we we produce so much. We've got to ship it. We've got to export it to these other markets. Talk about how we're trying to get into uh, new markets with our rice. Uh, We know we can ship down south to Mexico. But what about Asia? Well, you know, about half the crop every year is exported, and uh, trade has been a little bit um, turned on its head by the Trump administration, frankly. Uh, The uh, issue that they're taking with NAFTA, kind of reworking NAFTA, maybe walking away from NAFTA, actually upsets us quite a bit. Uh, Mexico is our top destination. Uh, Canada is number four, and it's because of NAFTA, not in spite of NAFTA. And this is one of the things that we talk about, not wanting to have those upset Trade with Mexico is still going well, uh, both milled and and, uh, and rough rice. It's still going well, but we know that Mexico is actually looking for alternative sources. They're not using them yet, but they're looking for them in the event that those negotiations go south. As far as going to Asia, um, you know, we do have a steady market in Japan. We do um, uh, exports are up to Japan. That's a very controlled market, though, um, and it's one that the, gov- the government of Japan really keeps a tight lid on, but the U.S. always does very well, and we continue to do well. Uh, same is true in Korea, uh, an important market for us, in Taiwan. Uh, the, kind of the, the biggest disappointment probably is China. You know, we've been working for more than 10 years to open the Chinese market. The phytosanitary deal was finally signed. It was the most complex phytosanitary deal that Rice has ever been a part of. And the next step was for Chinese inspectors to come over to the U.S. and inspect some of these mills. Uh, and facilities that wanted to do business. And once that was done, we figured shipments shipments to China could begin. Uh, and the Chinese recently started asking for more information, uh, sent a very intrusive questionnaire asking about things that really didn't have a lot to do with plant safety, plant health, had to do with uh, food safety and um, worker health and things that actually, to answer those questions, would actually violate some of our health privacy laws in this country. So we're not going to be able to answer those questions. So we're now going back to the Chinese government and saying, 
we can't fill out this questionnaire for, for a variety of reasons, and we'll see what happens. But as we talked about today in our meeting, until uh, that questionnaire is kind of resolved one way or another, the Chinese are not going to send their inspectors over, and if the inspectors don't come, no shipments are going there. Well, right when you think we've got an open door, then, you know, you find out there are some complications that do arise uh, that just slow things down, but hopefully that can be resolved. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're very um, anxious to, to get this done. Obviously, we've been working on it for more than 10 years, uh, and I think there's a lot of interest in China. You know, we participate. We have a lot of promotion programs, and we participate in um, programs in China, food and restaurant shows and hotel and you know, hospitality shows to kind of expose people to U.S. rice, and there's a lot of interest in U.S. rice, and now it's a question of clearing some of those legal hurdles. Back to the NAFTA issue, one, you know, just real quick, we're all aware of, of the administration's position on that, and no one wants to see that dissolved and, and to walk away. But what happens if we lose those markets? Uh, that is so crucial for us. Yeah, that's going to be a big problem, and this is something that we and all of agriculture really has been communicating to the administration, that this is a very hard-fought market and a very important market for us, both of them. And um, if we were to lose those markets, you know, it, it's unclear what would happen. But these are major sources of major destinations for U.S. rice, you know. And then if you also have – you don't have China on the table, you don't have Cuba on the table, becomes a problem. You know, Cuba was another one where we were headed in the right direction and we thought that uh, relations had really been warming. You know, USA Rice has participated in the Havana trade show since about 2001. Uh, we're there every year. We have good relationships. And the Trump administration's kind of reversed – the direction there with Cuba and things have taken a real frosty turn lately. You know, some of our diplomats were uh, victims of that mysterious acoustic attack and about 50 percent of the staff were recalled. Um, then recently, the Trump administration told the Cuban government they had to reduce their embassy staff and about 15 diplomats had to leave Washington to go back to Cuba. And unfortunately, one of them uh, was a very good friend of U.S. Rice. Uh, he's spoken at our Outlook conference before and um, always did a lot to help promote U.S. Rice and, and kind of work to foster that relationship between the U.S. and Cuba. And unfortunately, we're, we've seen a major setback there. You know, Cuba was our number one market at one point, and we all kind of had visions for uh, returning to that status. But now we're certainly uh, going in the wrong direction on that. We're going in the wrong direction on, on China. Uh, th it makes NAFTA that much more important. Well, Michael, thank you for sharing this insight with us for the past few minutes. And let's just keep our fingers crossed and hope that we can get some of these uh, issues resolved for the betterment of U.S. rice. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we have a good product. We have a sustainably grown product uh, that we're all proud of, and we just want to make sure it finds a home. Been speaking with Michael Klein, the Vice President of Marketing Communications and Domestic Promotion for the USA Rice Federation.